All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, August 8th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we have an 11-game MLB main slate tonight. We also have PGA teeing off early Thursday morning. Should be a fun, nice, big 11-game uh, main slate. Always a good time here. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You can get your questions in one of three ways. First way is you can send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Two, you can post your questions live in the YouTube chat. And three, you can post your questions in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you are not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You also get access to all of our similar channels, see when lineups are released, see when players are scratched, see when updated sims run for that news, get access to our individual sport channels where users and other SaberSim members here are helping each other just get better at DFS each and every day, answering questions, giving and taking feedback. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. But with that said, going to get the app pulled up. Uh, we have two questions here. Uh, they should be fairly short. So if anybody has anything on their mind, something that they've been wanting to ask, now is a great time to get those in. But uh, anyways, we are going to jump right in. First question here from Ryan. Ryan said, uh, does Saberson know how hard owner's box is going with NFL this year? So I do not. I'm really excited to see what their contest offerings are going to look like, especially for opening week here. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be bigger than NF than MLB NFL will definitely be bigger than MLB. And I believe they did a 5k to first for opening day of MLB season here. So I have to imagine that that is sized up somewhat, but um, you know, if you guys aren't aware, DK released their contest for opening week of NFL. Uh, I haven't seen FanDuel's contest offering, haven't seen owner's boxes contest offering. Not sure if Yahoo has anything out yet either, but, uh, keep your eyes open and, um, you know, I, I will do our owner's box pitch at the end of the show as always here. Uh, but if you guys aren't playing on, over on owner's box and, you know, you see that they have good contests for the NFL season, Make sure to use promo code Saber or SaberSim when you sign up. The link to our sign-up promo page is in the description of this video. All right, uh, jumping over to the YouTube chat. This is our last question here. I see people are trickling in. Just had two questions here to get us started. So uh, as people trickle in, hopefully more questions will trickle in as well. But Mike said, on owner's box, would you recommend setting a stack number, example, at least five, or just up the uniques? Okay, so really good question here. Uh, so for those of you guys not so familiar with Owner's Box here, if I go to their 11-game main slate, so so their, um, their rules are a little bit different here, right? You can stack up to seven batters and one hitter from the same team here. I'm almost positive that's the rule. I, I don't think you can do just eight straight batters here. Um, but, but anyway, you know, this is more, you know, FanDuel has a no more than four from one team. DraftKings has a no more, or I'm sorry, no more than four batters. DraftKings has no more than five batters here. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive owner's box is uh, seven batters from one team. I don't think it's eight. It, 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 it very well could be eight here. Uh, we, we, we would have to run a build and see here. But um, but it really gets it, it gets so interesting, right? Because the idea that in baseball correlation is so important, right? Correlation matters a lot. Uh, you get that stacking component of putting all these correlations on top of each other when 
when one batter in a lineup gets a hit or gets on base, that's that's one ninth of an extra bat for everybody else on the team. And then when you get nine guys on, well, then now everybody on the team has an extra bat, right? So uh, the more players get on base, you know, the more bats everybody gets, the more opportunities these guys get, et cetera, right? So uh, if you think about it, you know, from, from uh, I guess, like from a game theory perspective, I, I haven't, you know, solved this or anything, right? But you would have to imagine that there is a point of equilibrium where um, where maybe too many players from one team is is too many, right? Uh, think about it like, like a sport like uh, basketball or um, maybe that's not like the best example. Maybe a sport like football, a little more, bit higher correlation between uh, quarterback and the pass catchers, right? Uh, you know, QB plus plus two has been, uh, you know, kind of, I'll, I'll say, uh, adopted or accepted as, as a very good stack with uh, the right amount of players. But, you know, is a QB plus six a good stack, right? You're, you're, you're still stacking, but, but now you are, uh, stretching that further, you're, you're putting so many components in that lineup. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not a good stack at that point. Maybe there aren't enough, uh, points to go around on average or enough, you know, targets or opportunities. Right. But in baseball, um, you know, as, as if people keep getting hits, <laughs> then, then, you know, people are still going to get, keep getting at bats. Right. So where is that equilibrium point for, for baseball? And I don't think anybody's really had to kind of dive in and, and try and figure that out. Like, Hey, is, is, is seven too much is eight too much, you know, because owner's box is a new upcoming site. They're the first site to allow this many batters from the same team. So uh, definitely still uh, in its infancy, like in, in a strategic sense, kind of from that perspective here. Uh, but, but, you know, the way to figure that out, right. The way to, try and get some information to guide you to the right answer is what I always talk about here is running a build and seeing what Saber Sim gives you on a entire pool basis, uh, looking at different snippets of your set here and, and, and valuing Saber score, right? So if we're looking at, we build 500 lines, we're looking at all 500. That's great. That gives us this big, you know, uh, zoomed out view of, of what's going on in your pool. But for instance, let's say that we are getting, let's go to our stack types here. I'm just trying to build. So, so we have seven lineups that are a, I'm sorry, we don't have seven lineups. We have 11% of lineups in our pool that are a seven stack here. So, so that's great, right? We're seeing that about, you know, 10 ish percent of our lineups are a seven stack. But what if we looked at these lineups and all of them were in the bottom tier of our pool. It's like, okay, they're coming up, but when we go and grade them based on Sabre score, they're not grading very high, right? So I think that's important as well. So that is why I am somebody, I like to come in here and look at, you know, let's look at the top 50% of our pool and see what the most popular stacks are. And then our most popular stack, stack is a six stack here. And then let's look at the top 25%, right? Cut that in half. Still a, a six stack is the most popular with, with three other stacks coming in before seven. And then, you know, we can look at the top 10%, right? The top 50 lineups. Okay, you know, uh, now seven is, is starting to creep up. Six is pulling away from the pack a little bit. So we really like six stacks. Uh, seven is, is holding its own kind of close to the pool percentage here. And then we could even go further and look at, you know, the top 2% of our lineups here. Uh, this might be 
a little bit too small of a sample size here to just draw any major conclusions from, but just interesting to see, right? Uh, six stack is, is still taking home the, the trophy here with 50% in the, in the top 2%. And then it was leading the way all across the top 50% of our lineups here. So uh, what I could draw from this is like, Hey, uh, six stack is the most popular pool stack. It's also the best stack based graded on saber score for, for different buckets of saber score, looking, looking at our pool and chopping it, chopping it up different ways. Right. So that's one way to look at it. Um, I do want to look at this eight stack. So eight stacks here, we only have four lineups in our entire pool here, right? So six stack, we really like at 25%, seven stack, we like a little bit less at 11% in our pool. And then in eight stack, we only have 1% of lineups with an eight stack here. So, so maybe that eight stack is, is the builder's way of saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is probably a little too far here. Um, so looking at this one, two, three, four infielders, three outfielders, and then Sean Murphy in the super flex. So this is actually using eight batters uh, from, from the lineup. So, so, you know, just to clarify on what I was talking about earlier, cause I wasn't hundred percent sure on owner's box, you can stack eight batters from one team, but based on, you know, this build and, and the things that we're looking at here might not be the best idea. Maybe seven is, is a better uh, stopping point here. Right. So, these are ways that you can ask these questions and get answers for these questions from the app itself. You just have to know where to look. You have to know uh, how to digest the information. And, um, you know, I, I've talked in the past about, um, you know, SaberSim alone, it's, it, it's a great tool, but you can make it better, right? So the idea of, you know, man versus machine or, or man plus machine, right? So, you know, you have your hand builders uh, building lineups on their phone with their, you know, quote unquote sports knowledge. You have the optimizer pros just logging in and, and running the optimizer and, and letting it do it's letting it do its thing, right? Not being too opinionated. And then you have people who are finding ways to use the optimizer to add value, to uh, answer questions, to help them get better, right? To to find the type of lineups that they want to play. So a man plus machine approach is always going to be better than one or the other here. All right. Uh, on this topic, Ryan said, you will get a lot of six stacks without many uniques, but after I usually do four to five uniques, then I get the four and five man stacks. Uh, so we can check this out, right? So let's look at our top 20 lineups here in our pool. And then let's see how these stack types change as we start to increase the many uniques, right? So let's go to, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in this lineup. So I'm going to start with four here and see where we go. So a lot of four threes start to come up here. Um, you know, one of the interesting things here that, that I'm thinking about is that if you go from mini uniques of three, you know, six stacks is, is still the highest. And then if you go to mini uniques of four, then six stacks drop in some of these other stacks, four threes and fives kind of jump up. I think this is probably because, you know, there are nine batters in a lineup. So if you have mini uniques of three, then in theory, you could use uh, six players from one lineup, right? You could use uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That would be six batters here, right? But then when you when many uniques goes above that threshold here to four, now you can only use you know five, six, seven, eight, nine. The same like five, six, seven, eight, nine. And um, so I think there's going to be less combinations of of six stacks available to you 
just solely based on mini leagues. And, and that's not to say that that's a bad thing here, but if you are looking at this kind of the way we just looked at it, we're saying, Hey, you know, six stacks are pretty good on this slate. They're showing up a lot. Maybe you want to cap your mini uniques, right? Maybe you want to say, Hey, I don't want to limit the number of six stack combos that I have in my effective working pool here. So I'm actually going to lower my number of mini uniques for this slate uh, and and be okay playing playing more six stacks, even if some of those are the same, right? And and I think that this idea probably works better on something like a um, when you're building more lineups, I would say. So when you're building, you know, 150 or something like that, uh, really keep this in mind. But I think only building 20 could probably go either way. Even you know, 20% of six stacks in in 20 lineups is is more than enough here. I I, I don't have a problem with that, especially staying close to the pool percentage here. But but just remember that, you know, uh, think about the number of players in a lineup and then think about your mini uniques and then think about how those two numbers interact sometimes, right? So just just some food for thought for you guys. But really good question there. Uh, see people continually, continuing to trickle in. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Uh, those are our two questions of the day so far here. So if anybody has any questions and any anything that they want to chat about, just let me know. Uh, you know, one thing on this on this topic here that that I didn't cover is that on owners box specifically, right? We don't have ownership projections at the moment, and this is really because the field is is fairly irrational, right? So the way our ownership model works is we are running builds at high sim diversity and taking the exposures from those builds and then using those as the ownership projections and. Basically, what we're trying to say is like, hey, um, this player should be should in in theory be played at this rate, right? These are the exposures that they're coming up at. We are assuming that the field is rational, and and these are like um, the 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 exposures that we're getting from those builds, right? Well, since uh, Saberson was the first major optimizer to support owners box at the beginning of the MLB season, we understood that a lot of the user base was not using optimizers, right? I believe at the beginning of the year, uh, fantasy cruncher as well. Wasn't, wasn't even supporting owners box slates, right? I, I know they've added some, some um, support for that, but I haven't seen a lot of other, you know, industry players uh, pushing their, their user base to play on owners box yet. And so I think that, you know, the field is still very irrational. I I've seen slates where, you know, you might see Atlanta, uh, most players in Atlanta own between like five to 10%. And then Matt Olson is uh, out in left field owned at 40% randomly as like a one-off, right? Uh, so you see some really weird stuff with batters in particular on owner's box. And it just makes modeling ownership uh, very, very challenging, I think, with with the with almost like the lack of, of uh, people using optimizers, right? So we have all these these users that are, that are very irrational, that are kind of hard to model. Right. So something that I have uh, learned here and, and I'm, I'm speaking all this, like from my experience playing, right. Just things that I've seen with ownership and stuff, but on owner's box, right. We have this super flex spot. So I, I've talked about this in the past. Just want to, you know, remind you guys in case anybody missed it. So they have this super flex spot. This is almost always going to be a pitcher. If you guys go to your super flex, uh, it's almost always going to be a pitcher, and this is strictly because they just project so much better than than any batter here, right? So if we go to we go to all, and then we sort by projections descending here, uh, you guys can look at this. You know, our our first fifteen to twenty 
highest projected players are all pitchers. So our highest projected position player is Ronald Acuna Jr. at 11.34. Uh, you know, almost the worst pitcher on the slate is projected for just that much, right? Alex Wood is our lowest projected pitcher on the slate, and he is projected for 10.92. And then there are all these other pitchers above him on an 11-game slate. So that means that twenty, about 20, 21 pitchers are all projected above our highest projected batter here. So you're just going to get pitchers in the super flex spot so often here. Um, what you can do here, something that I've done is I will use the pitcher ownership projections from DraftKings and upload them as custom ownership to owner's box. I've seen, um, you know, in, in from playing myself anecdotally here that, that they usually match up pretty decently. And that's because DraftKings has two pitcher spots. A lot of people play pitchers in the super flex and um, it just kind of works out, right? So it's not, it's not perfect. It's not, you know, it's not specifically owner's box ownership here, but it is ownership projections and they are usually fairly close here. So uploading DraftKings pitcher ownership into owner's box is um, I think a viable strategy here. And it just gives some pieces of the puzzle to the builder here, right? So I like to think of ownership as a puzzle. And what we are doing is we are putting in some of the pieces, right? Imagine just putting in the edge pieces of this ownership, leaving the middle kind of undone here, but but we are giving the builder some semblance of ownership here. All right, going to keep it rolling. Uh, Samuel B said, DFS is definitely hard. I'm behind the field by so much. I follow the profit plan, but only playing in the dime and quarter contest on the main slate. I'm following the process. Jordan explained in the MLB video, but still so behind. Not sure if I need to change anything or just keep riding it out. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you here. Like DFS is hard. Uh, the best thing that you could do is, you know, practice good contest selection, right? So the best, best place for you to spend your money is contests under $3, right? These are the contests that the the most winningest players cannot even see in the lobby, right? So the DraftKings, I think it's like fair play guidelines here, are that um, players with a million dollars or more in lifetime earnings cannot play contests under $3, right? So your $0.50, cent, your $1, your $2, your $2.99s, right? And then also they cannot play contests under $5 that have a prize pool of less than $25,000. So if you are playing a $4, um, th this example comes up a lot in NBA season. So they usually have a $4 20 max, but the price pool is usually bigger than 25,000. It's usually like 80 K or something like that. So all players in the lobby have access to that. However, as slate gets closer, they will sometimes, Hey, that, you know, this contest is going to fill. They will open up a second version of that contest where the number of entrants is actually smaller and then the price pool ends up being under 25k. So a lot of times I will tell people, hey, wait for that first contest to fill up, see if they open up a second one and then play the second one. And then now all of the sharks who filled up that first one cannot play the second one. And then you get a little bit softer competition here. So um, in, in poker, the term is called bum hunting. It's, it's, it's what people call like a uh, looking for games with with soft players that you could take advantage of. Uh, that's kind of what we're talking about here is is playing these contests that the giant squids of the world, the Max Steinbergs of the world, the shady advices, the 
the crafty lefties, right? All these, all these guys, you know, in and around our community that are, that are really good. They cannot play those contests. They cannot see those. So stay away from those. You know, there's plenty of profit to go around in some of these smaller contests and contest selection is so important in DFS in 2023. Ryan said, I won't be props on my favorite, but when NBA gets back, that's when Saberson props really crush. Bricks are very poor at pricing NBA props. And that's a great time to start the prop plan compound daily as well. Uh, 25 cent owner's box contest, always overlaying easy money. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the overlay on owner's box, you know, it's not going to last forever, but it is important here to, to take advantage of it while you can. Right. I think when, um, when, when football comes around, when NBA comes around, when, you know, the fall is really like the, the prime time DFS time here, you have late season MLB, you have early season NFL, early season NBA, people are excited. Uh, that is like one of the best times to, to be playing DFS. And I think that, you know, if the price, if the price pulls on owner's box grow, other players, other players will gravitate toward that site because you know, the, there's, there's just money to be made. Right. So take it. So, you know, take advantage of the overlay while you can. I don't know how much longer it lasts. Right. Um, Looks like Mike and Ryan going a little bit back and forth here. Uh, Ryan, really quick on the on the props. So I did want to let you guys know uh, we we uh, released this like a, about a month ago or a couple of weeks ago here, but we actually discontinued our our prop plans here. We're not going to have props for MLB or NBA here. Um, this is really due to the fact that we just really wanted to focus on our DFS product here. We have so many great things coming out in the beta and other things that we are continuing to build. And we just really didn't want to take time away from those projects. We think that those projects are going to have a much bigger impact on our subscribers here and, and their profitability here. So for the time being, no props while we focus on our DFS product, but just wanted to let you know in case uh, you were waiting for that to come around since you mentioned it. But all right, everybody, uh, we're all caught up with questions at the moment here. So while we wait for any last questions to roll in, just wanted to remind you guys, as always, since we talked about it a lot today, uh, if you guys are not playing over on Owner's Box, would highly recommend taking advantage of our promotion. We partnered with Owner's Box at the beginning of the DFS season here. Like we talked about, they're an up-and-coming DFS site here. Contests are overlaying frequently at the moment, so take advantage of it while you can. When you use promo code SABER or SABERSIM when you sign up, you can get up to a $500 deposit bonus. And two, you can earn free months of SABERSIM just by playing on the site and nothing else. So each time you hit one of our entry fee tiers here, we will reach out to you, let you know you have earned a free month of SaberSim. You can cash in on that right away, or you could wait till the next tier and then cash in on it then. Whenever you cash in on that free month, we will reset your tracking to zero and you will start earning towards your next free month right away. There is no limit on the amount of free months you can earn while this promotion lasts here. All right. Uh, question from Samuel. Samuel said, so it's just searching for soft competition at that rate. How do I get to the level of the people you mentioned? So, so that is, you know, the first thing you can do, right? This is, you know, how you grow a bankroll that um, I I've, I've talked with shady advice extensively here. And uh, one thing that shady said was, Hey, when I look at my ROI in competitions uh, before I could, before I was, you know, uh, excluded from those smaller dollar contests, I had, you know, a, a say a 30% ROI. And then when I look at how, what my ROI is 
since then, you know, it's, it's, it's half or something like that. Right. Or he was, he was talking about it in, in the public channel saying something like my ROI in the under $3 was much higher than my ROI, uh, you know, in the above $3. Right. And, and that's kind of what we're talking about here. So there's not to say that you can't win at the next level, but you could probably win at a higher rate at, at those contests that are lower. And if you are a profitable player long-term and, and you grind out DFS and you get better, you're going to lose access to those contests. So the best thing that you could do is take advantage of them while you can. And I think that's kind of what we're, what we're trying to get at here is, is let everybody know, Hey, take advantage of these while you have access to them. Because if you stick around, there's going to come a day where you do not see these contests anymore. And now you're going to be forced to play with the big boys, regardless of where you are. So use those contests to grow your bankroll, to get better, to, you know, just get some experience in, in playing. And, and, you know, I think that over, over times, you know, situations arise, uh, over and over again, and you kind of understand different ways to handle them and, and the best way for you to handle them. So just getting that experience at those low dollar, growing your bankroll, and then uh, being ready when the time comes to to ultimately graduate is, is one of the best things that you can do here. So contest selection, super important for growing a bankroll. All right, everybody. Uh, well, I think we are all set for today here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel. Drop it in the chat of the upcoming streams. Those are on our YouTube channel. If you drop a question in the chat, it'll stay there until the show. So I always appreciate questions ahead of time. Helps us get a steady queue of questions as people continue to trickle in, as people you know start conversing in the chat and get those DFS questions flowing here. But until tomorrow... Um, Samuel B said, what is the threshold before you stop seeing them? So, so it's a million dollars in lifetime earnings on DraftKings. And I believe on FanDuel, if you are net positive 50K, you will lose access to their under $3 contest as well. Owner's Box does not have that guideline at the moment. But anyways, guys, until tomorrow, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.